from the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. (laughs) And it starts! The eyes are watering. (laughs) Good evening, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to episode 123. Four. One hundred and twenty-four, still on the air. <laughs> Hard to believe. One hundred episodes. I think we're syndicated now. Yeah. This is when we get the real money. Yeah. <laughs> residuals. Yeah. Residuals. <laughs> <laughs> that usually means something else for most more of like us. Marianne and Professor. <laughs> yeah. Right. So um, we have a special guest. Um, he is, I think, our most common guest. Not you're common, he's but I mean, common. he's pretty common. <laughs> Frequent, most frequent guest. So, yeah, for chief, reference anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, welcoming uh, Chief Bill Harvey, retired in Appomattox, Virginia. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. Oh, careful. He he. <laughs> we know his resume. Was, he was he was a chief in Lebanon, Pennsylvania, Lebanon County, Pennsylvania, Dutch. And he came over here to Effort and was chief here for many years. Another part of Pennsylvania Dutch territory. Which is close to the city of Gettysburg, and he moves to Appomattox. No, I was born and raised in Appomattox. Oh, ah, that's where that's thus the accent. That's how that okay. Thus the accent. So he's still alive. Yes, it wasn't an act of vengeance. Okay. No, by no means. I was born and raised here. Uh, I left at the age of nineteen. Said I'd never return. I've learned to say now, never say never. Yeah. And. Uh, had to return here to uh, tend to some family issues, shall we say. So, uh, yeah, I did it the exotic way. I left Appomattox, went in the Army, ended up in Savannah, Georgia, retired from there, went to Lebanon City, then went to Africa, and then I was more or less forced to come back here. But I'm here and having fun and doing Masonic things in Virginia and doing it Virginia-style, which is a little bit different. <laughs> Just a little <laughs> And all this time, I thought you were a gitchy mistake. <laughs> all right, so Bill, you, I'm not gitchy, no. <laughs> Bill, you know the routine. We're going to go go around and say what we've been up to lately. So I'll uh, start with Jack today, just because he didn't. He looks like he's not ready. No, I um, actually. Where is it? Um, Calendar. I can't, I can't get to our post. No. Unlock. Uh, no, I'm not doing the calendar thing. Facial that's, image. It's a complete cop out. <laughs> anyway, so a couple of things. We had a, an AMD meeting, which is always fantastic. I had Masonic mentoring, Masonic education that I do with the people at our lodge. That's always fun. Um, but I think the highlight of the last, I don't know, three, four weeks for me was when I looked at uh, the Masonic Lake Podcast Facebook page and I see a picture of the Grand Lodge, the Grand Lodge officers of the state of Washington. 
And the Grandmaster, uh, Grandmaster Bailey of Washington State is wearing a jewel of the digital order of Knights Quarantine. <laughs> That's I just, great. I, lo- I love this guy initially, just from that. It, and uh, and then um, we sent him a message, and he said, love to be on the show. So uh, we will be reaching out to Grandmaster Bailey about uh, about what it's like to be a, a Mason in Washington. So Other than that. It's and a digital night of the quarantine. And a digital night, absolutely. And we're about to go into that darkness again. Yeah. <laughs> Larry. Yeah, what what have I been um, uh, what have I been doing? Uh, let me see. We had a lodge meeting last night. We right? did. Yeah, Not much went did. on there, right? We had an executive board meeting for Tall Cedars. That was fun. Uh, Goose and Gridiron. That, oh, I haven't been there in the past two weeks. I can't say that. So that's pretty much it. You know, hanging around. Not been around. doing much, have you? Uh, not a lot. Chill out. I think he's saving. I think think he's saving the thunder for Josh. All right. So for me, last night I uh, made an appearance at my mother mother lodge, where they were dumb enough to take me back (laughs) as a dual member. You can see the faces on some of these old guys, just kind of. What have we done? Yeah, it's biblical, Pete. He rejoiceth more for the one that went astray. Uh, and and Jake was telling me like, you just got in. Now you got to come in hot and just start, <laughs> just start telling them all your feelings about the potential merger and just like that would be good. Yeah, I said, no, I'll I'll be quiet on my first night back. Um, and what about you, Mr. Josh? Uh, well, like Larry said, we had well, did you say it? We had stated meeting, um, and that was that was an eventful evening. Um, we, Larry is the, I'm sure we mentioned this before, the chairman of our merger committee, and we're currently discussing a potential merger with another lodge. And he gave his initial recommendation for the continuation of that. I guess it's fun. So, so yeah, so <laughs> the continuation vote. No, he's, he's choking. So, so in our private uh, Facebook group, Larry was kind of bitching that, He's got a lot of work to do before this meeting, and he showed me all this photo with all these pictures all over his uh, counter, or these piles of paperwork. And so then he shows up at Lodge last night, and Josh was calling for committee reports, and I guess Larry didn't realize his committee is a committee, (laughs) so he wasn't ready yet, but he fumbled, he had two buying two folders, each with about three quarters of an inch of paper in each one. And he walks up to his lectern and he sets all this these papers down in separate piles. Then he fumbles fumbles with his microphone and he gives his report. And basically his report was <laughs> I really have nothing to say. Tonight we need to, is the vote so that we can talk about it. And like we what? <laughs> well, what you didn't know is that each one of those pages in there was a letter that made one one sentence, and that had to be full page letters for him to see. So yeah, he had all this preparation to give this message bar. that um, all this vote will do is to decide if we want to move forward into discussion, more discussion, and that was it. Like you needed all that paper for that. That's, it was an exciting night. That's the vote that allows us to get down to <clears throat> details and work out the 
the real nitty-gritty to come up with a final presentation. And stop you liberals from spending so much money. I'm not a liberal. (laughs) (laughs) Can you figure out who gets Crimea? That's all I want to do. (laughs) Timmy, what have you been up to? Got your calendar? Yeah, so uh, actually, pretty much Masonically, other than my, uh, what wasn't Masonic, I went to my 41st high school reunion and came back with some libations. Hoo-wee. Yeah. But Masonically, last night, uh, Eureka West Shore Lodge number 302 had just a fantastic stated meeting to come back from the summer. We began with a table lodge um, where we had about 40 people in attendance and um, some alcohol. Uh, I'm not going to mention that, but uh, basically we had a dispensation uh, for folks to bring their own beverage, uh, which was nice. Uh, we then had kilt night, in which we had... Who got kilt? Um, nobody got kilt. We all made it out alive. Um, several of the brethren who owned kilts and uh, were brave enough to dare uh, wore their kilts to the lodge. And you check out our Facebook post, you can see, or our page, you can see photo evidence of the evening. It was a fantastic evening. It's something that our worshipful master, Kenneth B. Robinson, has been looking forward to uh, for 2020 and 2021. So a good night was had by all. Uh, I warned them ahead of time that the longest meeting of the year for a secretary is always the September meeting because you've got all these communications over the summer. And then we had a bunch of guys die. And so you had those honorarium things to read. And uh, it was it, it, we had a great night. It was an awesome meeting, uh, one of my favorite meetings in a long, long time. Josh, how come we had no news to read about? You, our secretary just blew through everything and like no communications in three months. Okay, Rob. I think he got the communications early and he read them in June. Oh, okay. That must be the. Yeah. <laughs> Chief Harvey, what he's have you been up Look, he's got headphones on. Hey. Does, oh. does that help now? Yeah, yeah. it does help. Okay, what, great. You look very up, dude. I'm just saying. Thank you. What, what have you done Masonically in the past little while? Oh, my goodness. Well, since I have moved back to Appomattox, I'm transferred at Core 665 to uh, Monroe Lodge 301, named after James Monroe. Uh, since then, I have taken over the secretary's position of that. <laughs> oh, uh, God bless you. God bless And on top of that, I uh, also have a dual membership with Trailer Lodge 348 in Lynchburg, which is a uh, daylight lodge. She's trailer Lodge? Is uh, like like a mobile home? It's that small? No, no, it was named after a fast master. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I'll be taking secretary over for that. Gotten oh, wow. involved again with the uh, with the shrine, with Kazem Temple out of uh, Roanoke. But we have a Lynchburg Shrine Club. The last time I was in, uh, the only time I've been back to PA in the last six months was uh, we had a, a roadrunner trip bringing a patient up to the Philadelphia Shrine Hospital. Uh, it was a in and out, but it was very rewarding to be a what they call a roadrunner, where you drive the children to the hospital and back there, of course, with their guardian and such. Awesome. And a little bit of Scottish Rite stuff. We're having a lot of fun. Uh, trying to learn the Virginia Masonic way. <laughs> uh, having spent most of my time Masonically in Georgia and then became enlightened in Pennsylvania. You Thank go. you, Jack. Where we do it right. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I will say that a lot of the uh, 
ceremony here is a wee bit different and uh, not as formal. What's your dress uh, code? Right now, what we do is uh, we see some of the guys coming in in jeans and a, a polo shirt, you know, with, you know, the large polo shirt on there. Uh, no coat and tie regulations. Uh, they did request people to wear a coat and tie when we had a district uh, deputy show up uh, for his annual inspection and pop and circumstance. But the officers here do not own a tuxedo. I know this. Yeah, go fund me or. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the uh, one I think I've also two visiting throughout Central Virginia lodges, some of the rural country lodges. Uh, it is really, really laid back. I fulfilled a promise, Jack. Uh, my uh, uncle, who was one who started me in masonry, he uh, told me years ago, uh, back in 79, he says, all I ask you to do is go sit in my lodge one night. So I had to drive out through the inner bowels of central Virginia and uh, <laughs> go to Cumberland Lodge. And, oh, you were uh, way out there. Oh, yeah. Beautiful and, <laughs> anyway, the one downtown that you can see from the highway. Well, it's right on the highway above an antique store that they rent to. Oh, uh, it's uh, it was very uh, rustic, shall we say? I'm trying to be nice, but uh, learning the Virginia ways and having a lot of fun doing it. So uh, it's also good to be back at the Scottish Rite in the southern jurisdiction. Uh. But. Uh, <laughs> Chief Harvey, I have a question for you. How long did it take for your transfer to complete to your Virginia uh, Lodge? It took a bit of a ways because <laughs> being a secretary in Georgia, uh -huh. and it kind of helped expedite things. Some people call them plural. Some people call them dual. Mm -hmm. Each states have different terms mm -hmm. for what it causes to you know move transfers and such. Uh, luckily, uh, when I called we couldn't figure out what we were doing. So I called the uh, secretary in Georgia, grand secretary. And of course he knew me and turned out he was a former student of mine. Uh, when I used to teach throughout the state of Georgia in law enforcement. And he's like, Hey, I know you, I know what you want. I got you. I got you covered. And it was done like in three minutes. Oh, wow. Uh, so, you know, it goes back to relationships mm -hmm. and, you know, remembering people and such. It's so that's it's a good thing. It's kind of like when you go to Africa and you tell everybody you know Larry, and you know <laughs> see what get what gets for you, you know. So, uh, well, get you much in Africa, right? <laughs> well, Chief, keep us posted. Uh, we'd love to come visit you at Trailer Lodge. Let us know if you're having the double wide degree anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've always wondered why. They never had two-story mobile homes, you know, for people with money. Yeah. So. <laughs> you, you have to call it a tinaminium, I think, if you had the second. Tinaminium. Oh. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and speak with our guest, Chief Harvey. We'll be right back. Why choose George J. Grove and Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. From planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, 
the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. We're back with Chief Bill Harvey, <laughs> retired. I love it. scared me, Larry. <laughs> Bill, it's so good to have you on the show. You and I have been communicating on and off since you, the big move. And uh, tell us a little bit. One of the things you asked me was, what, what should we talk about? And one of the suggestions I had was, let's talk about the edict that took place in South Carolina from the Grand Lodge, I think it was about, what, four or five months ago? Correct. And that, that had to do with, I don't know if you looked this up or not. Yes, I did. It had to, had to do with the right to be able to carry inside of a lodge. Now, by carrying, I mean a firearm. So, you as a retired police chief, what do you think about that? As you recall, and some of you were my, I will say, students when I did the active shooter program there in Ephrata. Uh, I have a problem with a lot of this, and let me just say it this way. Let's imagine we're in a lodge setting. Jack is the treasurer. I'll be the secretary. We'll make Pete the worshipful master. Okay. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so, anyway, Larry, you're going to be the Meeting pilot. adjourned. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the problem. If you grant holistically everybody can carry a firearm, we don't know who sees what. And then all of a sudden I look up from my desk and I see a movement or furtive movement of someone getting ready to brandish a firearm. Now I'm getting ready to engage that person, whether I know them or not. Uh, I got a problem with not knowing who the players are. In other words, we, if you're going to do this and some houses of worship will do this, they will say, when you check in today, check in, say in the narthex with one of the stewards or whatever ushers and say, I'm carrying today. And a lot of times they will place you tactically, you know, one to the left, one to the right to prevent crossfires or someone behind the other person and such as that. But just to make a wide open statement says, if you got guns and you have CCW, you can still uh, carry weapons. Is, is that what that edict said, though? Because I thought it was specifically that there was a limited number of people that were pre-approved by the... There were some people were pre-approved. Yeah. Uh, but what... There are some people also, too, taking this as like saying everybody can do it. No, mm -hmm. I, I think it's a bad well, idea. specifically doesn't say that. Uh, right. Yeah. The And you're correct. The Those who are approved, I questioned a few things. Uh, number one, uh, when was the last time they trained? Have they trained collectively uh, together and had to engage someone? Because if, you know, you engage someone, Jack, with a firearm, and then, you know, let's say your weapon goes dry, uh, you've missed him all those times, uh, then I need to know when to engage. Or, you know, have they been trained in other group when techniques? I stop, when I stop screaming, that would be the time to engage. Right. <laughs> now, what they have done, now, what one thing I did not read in the edict that I did uh, find out, in Virginia, there was an edict a couple of years ago 
that said that the worshipful master can appoint someone to uh, that is a you know either a CCW concealed carry or a LEOSA, a law enforcement safety act, someone who's certified by LEOSA, uh, you know, or current law enforcement officer, they are allowed to carry, but it is that they are appointed by the worshipful master. Okay. Then there's a caveat. And here's why I like that. The caveat they had in Virginia was if you are going to be the concealed carry, you cannot be engaged in any floor work uh, with candidates uh, etc. And you get, and that makes total sense because you can imagine going through ritual. If someone became frightened, and they would, you know, feel say a firearm underneath the the jacket or the tux or whatever, you know, I got to get out of here. Maybe this is something to grab. You know, in a panic state. I totally agree with that. Or also, a couple of years ago in New York, that was a was side degree that yeah was somebody yeah not, somebody was supposed to have a, a play gun or something and and yeah. it was a real gun it was they like, called it the fellow craft club and it was right. definitely not yeah, approved about that. yeah <laughs> so but the thing of it is you know having I don't understand you know some respects having the CCWs inside I would make sure that the Tyler was well healed if anybody because they got to get through the Tyler first and I don't know if that sword's going to cut it. Uh, the oh, thing of it is, who's the little guy at forty three? I think uh, Reno from our lodge. Oh, is it is it Lambert? Yeah, Reno. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So here's a question, Bill. It'd be blow like like a, and Reno's gone. Yeah. Bill, if you yeah. had to uh, arm a Tyler, uh, what what uh, firearm would you <laughs> give him? <laughs> Does he should he have like an M six like something like informable like an M sixty or maybe just something real small like a Derringer? Well, my thing is this: once everybody has come in and the you know the lodge is you know has been tiled, I I don't see a problem with closing the locking the exterior doors to make sure nobody you know you know comes in, uh, comes through a back door, uh, comes through back through the you know the dining hall depending on how it's laid out, you know secure yourself in. That would be perfect sense. A lot of churches do that now. If you if five minutes after they say "Welcome, brethren," they lock the doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do that in effort now. And I, I don't find that to be a problem. Uh, you know, again, to me, any time that you give anybody permission to carry a firearm uh, and to be the protector, you know, of this organization, I mean, if you have not made sure that they are have been trained or physically capable of doing things, you're going to be in a legal quandary if they do uh, have a problem or do get into something, whether justified or not. So you you cannot have this omission. So it requires due diligence on any organization, I I feel, to have someone to have training certifications. And when I say trainings, you know, to me, one thing we need to do masonically, I think, is have some group trainings, you know, to build a fraternity. I see nothing wrong with having, you know, first aid CPR, uh, stop the bleed training, uh, you know, for the brethren and their wives. It's a it's a good team building sport. Especially if Larry's uh, coming to your lodge. That would be helpful. Really That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Chief, uh, this you know one of the stated purposes uh, that was given in South Carolina was to to protect the building uh, from possible um, you know mischief uh, during protests and so on, as well as protect someone coming you know 
protect the lodge from someone coming into the building. And right. in a previous episode, we had this conversation, and I think my thoughts that I expressed at that time were in line with what you just said, which was, if if that's your purpose, then put these guys on the outside of the lodge. Correct. Whether it's the Tyler or, you know, if, if guys really want to, you know, you want to station some folks out in the parking lot, that's fine, too. You know, there have been some, uh, I know down in Tidewater, Virginia, in the Norfolk area, they had a couple of lodges that had had uh, some damage and burglaries. Uh, I get that. Uh, the thing of it is, if you go inside the mind of somebody who is demented mm-hmm. uh, and they look at, you know, they said, I want to attack a church or whatever. Uh, under my tenure, when I was in Ephrata, we had a couple of church services that were actually interrupted by uh, a couple of wacko, or a wacko in each one, uh, just as a single perpetrator. And it was handled well uh, by the, uh, the churches. They handled themselves well. But if you've got someone who is demented and they, they don't know religion, but they have been looking at uh, the History Channel too much and they see Freemasonry mm-hmm. and they know we're trying to take over the world one spaghetti dinner at a time. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> so, you know, they may think this is something worthy of an attack. I get that. So, I mean, we have to, uh, like I said, protect ourselves. I think, if you, I think it was in either Philadelphia or New York the original purpose of the ancient order of the Hibernians, which is a Catholic organization, uh, AOH, which is sometimes referred to as America's Only Hope, uh, they will tell you that their first uh, rules were to protect the churches from from anti-Catholic. Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of historically it's spinning around. I always told people, while you said on the perimeter of the thing, I always say this, you know, when Lodge is coming in and Lodge is going out, I think it's important to have a couple of guys maybe out front. And like when I was at Ephraim 665, a couple of the guys were out smoking. I get that. That's a good thing, you know, having a cigarette before they go in. And But also, too, make it think it's important, too, when people are leaving and departing, that they, uh, there's a couple of guys watching to make sure, especially some of our seniors, can get across the street. And we did have somebody in effort, if you recall, got hit by a car. Uh, you know, or slip and fall, like during, you know, snow or whatever. I mean, we need to be guardians of our brethren, not after they come to the door, but before they get to the door, and also to make sure they make it safely to their car to get out. So I think the perimeter is important. I see nothing wrong with the uh, a lodge having a couple of the members on the outside standing and make sure someone doesn't fall or is accosted. So it's just common sense. All good stuff. It's just a, a, a shame that there's lodges that can't even get all the officers in the chairs, let alone you know people on the perimeter to guard the outer door. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But also, too, I think, too, when lodges have a good relationship, too, with law enforcement, um, I, I felt that under my tenure, because I would even, the nights that I had to work and could not come in, I would tell whoever was riding that beat, tonight is a lodge night, uh, keep an eye on everybody. Uh, usually it was O'Hanlon who would come by and check on everybody. He's a good guy. He should have been inside and, anyway, yeah. Yeah, he, he should have been, but he was working too. And uh, the the lodge I'm in here, I think about a third of them are retired state troopers. Uh, so, um, you know, we have a good relationship with law enforcement. And that's a good thing for all of, uh, you know, all of 
organizations to do is know your first responders and all. And uh, so at least they know when you're active and what goes on there. Yeah. One, one quick question before we take a break. What did you think of that Georgia-Clemson game last Saturday? <laughs> oh, dear God. Uh, well, I'm really – I'm really I, I don't know how they got Georgia ranked so high, but if uh, you recall, when I left uh, in 2019, that's who uh, I worked part-time for Louisiana State University. Go Tigers. And uh, <laughs> the only – after our horrific loss – the only thing selling faster in Louisiana than generators is LSU tickets. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. All right, so we're going to take a quick break and come back with a, uh, a little game that we've created, well, that Pete's created, uh, just for you, Chief. See oh, goody. <laughs> At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery, along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster, all to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions. Just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market, and a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse, or Valley Forge and Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life, one that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com or simply call us at 717-733-6094. Just ask for Passmaster Dave. And welcome back to another episode of Stop the Cop! With us, retired Chief Harvey William Harvey, who is living now in Appomattox, Virginia, and uh, our uh, host for the night is the lovely and talented Pete Ruggieri. Uh, Chief Bill, thanks for coming on. Um, I'm ha- glad to see that Virginia finally got the internet. <laughs> Thank you. <too. laughs> so no, I, I was thinking about some really tough um, police kind of trivia you know I, I only played around in that venue for a year but I had some experiences that I think maybe uh, you might know the right answer to so <laughs> if you have an intersection and that intersection happens to be the border of four municipalities and there's an auto accident right dead center in the intersection how do you determine whose jurisdiction that should be? Whoever created the, whoever created the causative action, uh, whoever would be the ones who would have the violation is the way I've always looked at it. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever police officer happens to be the newest 
get stuck with the accident. <laughs> it doesn't even okay. matter where it happens. Right. You, you see the rightness of this now, right? Yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> it's kind of like the turtle degree. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, number two, um, you're working night shift, and you see off in the distance that there may be a fire somewhere. And when you get there, you are the first one on the scene, and you notice that there is a, a structure fire what is your first care? To call it in properly and to have the firefighters drive the BRTs, big red trucks, to get them over there right away and then try to assist anybody with evacuation. (laughs) Do not park in front of the residence because the fire trucks will will park you in. When your shift ends at 7 a.m., your sergeant's still laughing and say, well, you can punch out when you get back to the station <laughs> at noon. Yeah, so. Can I, t- can I admit to one? Yes. Yes, if, please if, do. If you recall when we had the large fire at the Green Dragon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I came in on that call later and parked up the street. Well, because they had such a need for water and it kept bringing in more hoses, when I went back, I was locked in. So, uh, being the chief, I had somebody take me home. Then I had the officer. See, we're right. That's an alternate correct answer. I I left the keys with someone and I said, when the hoses are pulled up, bring this to my house. (laughs) It's good to be chief. It is. Yeah, when your title's patrolman, like trainee, you don't get those options. (laughs) Next question. Oh, I didn't come up with three. Oh, uh, you gotta three. have three questions. Three. This is masonry. There has to be. Has to be three. All right, yeah. I just quickly think back to something dumb that I did. You know, oh, give the. Uh, you also don't want judge. to park in front of the hydrant unless you want the hose to go through your vehicle. The judge's son. Oh yeah, yeah. I did have a third one. Okay, so you're on duty and you see a car swerving, and pull, you pull them over because you suspect they may be drunk. And lo and behold, the driver is obviously drunk. Um, but you happen to notice he's the son of a local, uh, the, well, the head of the county judge, county courts. What do you do? I, technically, I would treat him just like any individual. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Negative. You just have your sergeant drive him directly back to his father's house. Make him ring the doorbell, and he deal with it himself. <laughs> oh, thanks for playing. And thanks for playing our game. <laughs> do we have do consolation prizes? What do I win? Please really? tell me some the witnesses, Johnny. Uh, Please four. tell me some olive loaf. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, two pounds of olive loaf. Yeah. Or maybe an olive loaf stromboli. Second prize is one pound of olive loaf. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That reminds me of a story about an Arkansas state trooper. Uh-oh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you want me to wait till the Do end it. of the show to tell no, that it, one? Or? Uh, go ahead. Do it. Do You're it. You're already there. You got one. Do it. Do. Okay. This Arkansas state trooper stops a motorcycle rider alongside the highway. Walks up to him and said, uh, sir, do you know you were speeding? And the motorcycle driver said, no, I, I didn't. I really didn't. 
And the officer said, uh, what's your name, sir? He said, uh, Fred. He said, okay, what's, what's your last name? He said, I'm just Fred. So the officer's feeling magnanimous that day, and he said, I'm going to have some fun. I'm just going to write this guy up a citation. I'm not going to give him a ticket. So he said, uh, you got to tell me your last name. So the motorcycle rider, driver, he's, he's saying, well, I'll tell you what. My, my, my name was, my full name was Fred Johnson. He said, I studied hard in high school. I went to college. I went to medical school, top grades, got my residency. Was a practicing physician for years, and I was Fred Johnson, MD. He says, then I got tired of that. He says, so I decided to go to dental school. I did the same thing. I studied hard, got certified, and became a dentist. So I became Fred Johnson, DDS, Dr. Dentistry. He says, then I went, and I unfortunately got VD. He said, then things began to happen. He says, first, the American Dental Association found out I had VD, and they revoked my license. So I was just Fred Johnson, MD. He says, then the AMA found out I had VD, and they revoked my license. So then I was just Fred Johnson, except VD took care of my Johnson. I'm, I'm just now Fred. <laughs> oh, moving oh. right along. <laughs> I've checked out. Oh. <laughs> Drive the bus. Oh. oh well. Do we need to regroup? I, I thought it was, so. All right. Uh, let's thought it was Larry, good at dinner tonight. Let's send Larry to the potty, and we'll, we'll be back in just a minute. As far back as the mid 1800s, records exist describing the pre-meaning tradition of brethren smoking cigars during and after gatherings. To this day, the practice of smoking cigars remains very much alive in many lodges. This custom is considered a time for brethren to relax, exchange ideas, and enjoy the simplicity and fellowship that is the very essence of our brotherhood. This is what Hireman Solomon Cigars is all about. Our starting principles are to bring Masonic brethren together in the harmony of a good cigar. Pull up a chair, sit back, light up any of our premium cigars, and enjoy the history. Hireman Solomon Cigars can be found at fine cigar retailers. For a complete list, visit HiremanSolomonCigars.com or check them out on social media to find out when they'll be at a live event near you. Hireman Solomon Cigars is pleased to be the official cigar of the Masonic Light Podcast. In Masonic news today, Freemasonry has once again aired its dirty laundry all over the internet, as somehow it has become acceptable to publish the proceedings of grand bodies on said internet. A recent panty twisting was created when one grand body decided to undo the doings of a previous administration, and the whole thing ended with one grand officer being dismissed, and all sorts of good public relations happening on the web. All about something that affects about 500 basins worldwide. Why are appendant bodies shrinking? 
Gee, I wonder. It's cold outside. That's the Masonic News. So loaded. My word. Wow. Send your cards and letters to Jack Harley. Hey, no names were named. Walter Marley. Walter Walter Marley. Walter Marley. In the state of New York. (laughs) That stuff does not need to be on the internet. I don't care who you are. Right. That stuff is private business and does not need to be on the internet. Yes. What is the matter with you people? Right. Stop it. (laughs) Okay. Here, here. Agreed. That's my rant. Agreed. Don't you know you're supposed to publicly disavow everybody? <sighs> Only after you no longer agree with them. Right. <laughs> oh, we lost the chief. Bill, oh, there he is. Bill's gone. No, I'm here. You're there. He's we just there. Lost him on we the, got the uh, sound. We just lost your picture. The real team. Actually, we just. So too much, too heavy, too bad. No, it's just the cable. Well, that's here. fine. He's good. No. That's good. Wrong. Yeah. All right. So um, I think we're ready to wrap up the show here. Uh, what do you all got coming up in the next couple of weeks, Josh? Uh, well, we're going to be, uh, well, I'm going to be having, uh, Larry continue the, uh, merger committee discussions. He's he's doing a great job. Um, I'm going to be Percivant for Lodge in the Woods. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, Jack. Do you want? No, step on it. Go, Uh, go, go. go. Yeah, I'm going to be Percivant for Lodge in the Woods and I get to introduce Past Master Moyer, who's not Past Master Moyer. Who? Yeah, I don't do know who that guy is. Deputy Grand Marshal. Yeah, yeah a guy used to, used to do stuff for the show back he, in the old days. I, I vaguely remember that name. I wonder if he yeah. sells a phone. He doesn't call in anymore, does he? No. no. <laughs> he doesn't go to Brad. He, he just he, disavowed himself because he's Moyer's yeah. up here. He's in the rarefied air now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pete, how about you? I think you? he's got his 35th. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what do I have going on? Um... Well, when I get home, uh, I got a mess. Just got a message from our junior deputy, Grand Tall Cedar, saying, um, "Are you ever going to cash that check I wrote you in May?" <laughs> Pete's like, "What?" Check? And here's like, you know, the the news, the bad secretary thing. I'm like, "Oh well, I'll look in my folder when I get home." For the, hey, 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 leave secretaries alone. <laughs> <laughs> because any money I collected that night, I think I just tucked into my, my no, I just left it in my portfolio in my tall cedars milk crate. And uh, so, yeah, I probably ought to get that in the bank. <laughs> milk crate? Is that a gap thing? <laughs> yeah, that's no, a you're supposed thing. to mill the big pyramid and run up the thing. And oh, okay. I, I have in my bar, I have a, uh, a, a, Ghetto, white trash, whatever you want to call it, um, bookshelf. I've got 16 milk crates. And each one I use for a different Masonic body. So anything that's grotto related goes in the grotto one, Scottish Rite, you know. And I don't know. But once a month when I go through my mail, I look like I'm in a a mail room somewhere just stuffing stuff into different (laughs) mailboxes. But it does help when I need something. I can find it. Great. Chief Fruit. Go ahead. You go ahead. No, um, never mind. All right. Chief Harvey, how about you? What do you got coming up? Well, next week, I leave for several days at Myrtle Beach at the South Atlantic Shrine Association. And so we will have the uh, Shriners from Virginia all the way down to Florida and some out in, I think, Tennessee, Kentucky. They're all going to be at Myrtle Beach. It should be a grand old time. Didn't, oh, uh, isn't be. there a song about that? <laughs> yeah. Like and Ray, and uh, what's his name? Ray. Ray Stevens. Ray Stevens. But, yeah, that's but there there is a Hey Hira, Georgia, but they do not have a temple there. 
Uh, don't be too surprised, Chief, if you get some uh, knocks on your door from some of the South Carolina brothers. <laughs> oh, tell them, come see us. There you go. <laughs> I, think, I think we have two listeners in South Carolina. All right. Larry, what do you got coming up besides uh, merger work? Well, I, I generally don't like to talk about that, but um, I guess work on the committee and uh, uh, goose and iron. iron, tall cedars. I'm busy. Here's, yeah. a, here's a new segment, Larry. Larry, what medical... Um, <laughs> Or appliance. What appliances are you going to be getting installed this month? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> None on the calendar. We could have a discussion every month of which one of us is going to have more doctor's Great. appointments. Yes. Yeah. Parts falling off. Oh, oh, Jack, what do you got going on? I've got this week, Tuesday is stated meeting. That'll be the day after this drops about, plus or minus. And then when when Lodge ends on Tuesday, we break it down and we throw it all in a big y'all hall. Um, that's for Chief Harvey, a y'all hall. A y'all hall. Um, <laughs> we put it in a y'all hall and carry it up to carry it right. Got that? Carry it up to uh, Camp Mac for Lodge in the Woods. So we're going to set up on Wednesday morning and Lodge meeting Wednesday night and tear it all down and throw it back in the truck and drive home. So should be a good time. Oh, I do have one other thing. In case we release this really early Monday morning, you may have a chance to catch me Monday night as I'll be in uh, the city of York, Pennsylvania, former capital of the United States. Um, I will be there conferring the yellow dog degree on some York tall cedars. So um, I'm reopening the Lancaster Kennel and... Uh, we're going to make some uh, new Yellow Dog Masons. So. Great. So uh, next week's going to be very busy for me. On Monday night, uh, Samuel C. Perkins Royal Arts Chapter is conferring the Mark Master Degree, and I'll be part of that cast uh, doing that, uh, conferring that degree. On Thursday night, I am the uh, featured speaker at Robert Burns Lodge in Harrisburg. Um, going to be an interesting conversation there look forward to spending time with the brethren um let's see the following week um you're you're featured because of what well because i'm on the program to be their speaker oh you know lodges have programs awesome yeah at at richard burns richard burns yeah This isn't because Robert of, Burns. This isn't because of Masonic Light Podcast. No, no, it's no, it's, George Burns. No, I'm going to be talking <laughs> about uh, uh, talking about ways of life uh, as told through the charges uh, of our Masonic degrees. In other words, oh, uh, a, guide, a guide to our actions. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's too heavy for this. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, next sa- Saturday week, the 25th, Eureka West Shore Lodge is having its 165th anniversary banquet. Um, we're looking forward to that, where um, the D. Malay group will be presenting the flower talk oh, as nice. part of the program. So, we're really looking forward to that as well. Um, and that's about it before we return to the studio. So, we'll be. Still helping lots of secretaries in their uh, transition over to Grandview. Um, 
Should ask Chief Harvey. Do you all use Grandview in Virginia? No, we have our own portal, which okay. is a sight to behold. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nobody likes their software. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> likes their software. That's right. But no, I can tell you this. When I was a secretary in Georgia back in the early 80s, that was pre-computer days. Uh-huh. So it was all done by hand. Uh-huh. So is. uh Frustrating is working on a portal. Sometimes it is so much better. You, you can't beat it as far as going back to the old handwork days. Yeah. I, w- I had to go back uh, because some member data didn't transfer properly as yeah. to um, dates of their degree conferral. And so I had to go back into our minutes books to find out the date of their degrees and who conferred them uh, so that I could update their records. Mm. Those minute books, though, were spectacular. Mm. People could actually handwrite, and you could read it. And um, I've actually, so on my desk in the office uh, at Eureka West Shore Lodge, literally I've got stacks of minutes books going back to the founding of the lodge in 1850-whatever. So, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing to be able to look at those. All right. Well, let's get out of here. Uh, Josh, cue those chickens. Larry. Larry, wake up. Wake up. Oh, gee, totally forgot. (laughs) Did I tell you about the uh, Arkansas State Trooper? You did. (laughs) You did. Wrong. Uh, Well, special thanks to Effort Lodge 665 for allowing us to continue to be here. They haven't found out yet, have they? (laughs) <laughs> a special thanks also to our producer director Josh Lamberton and to uh, Jack Harley our news director Tim Dedman our marketing director oh no uh, Michelle Snyder and Doug Maddenford our Masonic Light contributors who do a great job and th- did I tell you about that Arkansas State you did. I, I did Jeff Moyer call in Jeff Moyer <laughs> hey Moyer Moyer, we haven't heard from you in a long time. Is it true that you're in rehab? Give us a call, please. <laughs> this is Larry saying good night. <laughs> this is Tim. Hey, good night. <laughs> this is Josh. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs>